Amen. Thank you, Colin, for uh, leading us through. I've been really blessed by uh, Colin and Jordan and um, and Scott, who's been helping record and, and edit those. Um, just it's a blessing that we can worship still um, together that way. Like, looking forward to more to more of that. Um, excited to have you here. Good morning. Again, I'm Drew. I'm a pastor here at Hope Community Church in, in Columbia Heights. Uh, and I, I, I've really been blessed the last months since May. Uh, we have been in the book uh, of Psalms and doing our series. And today is our last day in the book of Psalms. And we're about to go in, in the book of Second Peter, starting next week and through the month of August. We're going to take a little trip through Second Peter. Looking forward uh, to that as well. Encourage you to read through Second Peter in these this next week, uh, and even write down some questions and start studying that on your own. Um, I'm excited as a church to do that together. But right now we're looking. Uh, we still have a, one one day of the Psalms left. Uh, not that we can't, you know, you're not allowed to read your Psalms anymore, but um, I'm excited. And we've been, we started our series in the Psalms, in Psalm number one, and we started talking about this mixtape. Uh, that's part of the reason I asked the question this morning. This, this idea of we have this mixtape and we've made mixtapes that uh, help us think through different times in our life. We're having a, a tough day. If we're lamenting or if we're sad or if we're feeling joyful, we can flip on the right song, uh, fast forward or rewind to that right moment on the tape and play that song that like expresses how we're feeling. The Psalms in a lot of ways are the songs of God's people used for certain experiences at certain times. Um, and so I want to take just a little trip uh, in the last few months to remember all that we learned about who God was and we were um, uh, before we hop into our last Psalm together. The first one we, our first stop on our Psalms playlist we put the tape in and we were in psalm one and we were reminded that people uh that a person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and those leaves do not wither uh remember the idea of uh it introduced us to the book of psalms and to to that our faith in god and our relationship with jesus is like we're trees planted by water and so encourage us to remember to look into the word and to study the word. And then we went to Psalm 42. We read, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. We were remembering at that time and in our, uh, in our own history, we were remembering the moments um, that we were months into a pandemic and wondering, when will this thing end? That was when we still maybe thought it would end this summer or that for myself. I remember that was still, I was still feeling like, okay, this is really uncomfortable. What's going on. Uh, I still hadn't gotten in the mode of like, Oh, this might be normal. This might be normal life for a while. Um, we were remembering that when we were in that place, we could cry out to God. This is hard. And we can put our hope in him because he's still there with us. It's good news. And then we went to Psalm 73. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I've made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds. This is, the, this is the time in our summer as we were working through COVID and learning what it was like to be isolated, um, that we also experienced the death uh, and the, the killing of George Floyd. And, and that was another thing that added to our, our time. And that added to our uh, what, what song we went to on our mixtape. 
that we saw this injustice, we're reminded of um, uh, all, all the racism in our country and around us. We're reminded of just terrible, broken things. And we were crying out for God, to God for justice and peace. Um, we didn't even know what to say. And so we had an opportunity to go to the Psalms and remember that it's good to just be near God, that we can cry out and be close to him in Psalm 90. May the favor of the Lord, our God, rest on us. Remember, we were, we were remembering, what, what do I do? I don't, I don't know what to do. And I want to run and just do something to get out of this feeling of things are wrong and uh, remembering in Psalm 90 that God establishes the work of our hands for us. I, just, I love this phrase. I wrote this phrase on a um, card and we I framed it because I thought every day I need to say, yes, establish the work of my hands and my ears and my mouth and my eyes um, and all that I'm doing. And then we went to Psalm 107, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. We're going to hear this same phrase today in Psalm 136. Just remembering that we have a God who is good. And this is, he's good that Jesus wept for us, that he loves us, that he draws close to us. So many great things in Psalm 8. We were reminded of, uh, uh, remember that we could see ourselves as just mere mortals. And we saw C.S. Lewis's quote, and actually we're looking at immortal beings that we that we have to change our view of ourselves as just mere mortals to this holy royalty what is mankind that you are mindful of them human beings that you care for them we're just mortals but you have made us a little lower than angels or god and crown them with glory and honor this amazing thing that the gospel does is change us from just seeing ourselves as more mere mortals but also actually changes us to being just lower than God, crowned with glory, his children. Amazing. And then we went to these Psalms of Ascension just a month ago. Uh, these songs that were sung as people moved towards Jerusalem to celebrate God at these festivals. In Psalm 126, this one has been really impactful for me this summer. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. This idea of planting our tears and harvesting them is our gospel gardening. Our, uh, uh, we had all these great images I was sent of, of uh, backhoes and, you know, combines and tractors. Uh, this gospel farming we do where we cultivate uh, with the gospel, with the word of God and the spirit of God and the people of God. And it actually takes our, our, our weeping and turns it into joy armfuls of joy. I, just, I love that. That's been really helpful um, for me. And we and we just continued in this this little uh, block, this little rock block of Psalm uh, 126, 127, 128. We, 127, we learned that it is, it is uh, we build in vain if it's not with the Lord. And we heard this great truth uh, in this. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. And this right here has, has been so encouraging. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. The reminder that God grants us rest. Um, in the other translation I read it, you know, it said the bread of toil. Uh, they're just eating toil. 
and God gives us this bread of life. What great, great news. And as we continue reading these songs of ascension that were sung as people marched up Jerusalem to, to celebrate God, we were told, blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in his in obedience. And we were reminded that Jesus is our Savior, has saved us and rescued us, but we aren't called to just sit and enjoy that. We're called to be obedient and to follow him and to help others know that we're called to uh, an obedience and that Jesus has Lord, not just Savior. Uh, this great reminder in Psalm 128. And then last week we looked at Psalm 34. We heard uh, uh, what God's been doing in Brooke's life with Psalm 34, that in, in uh, having COVID she could not taste, and that Psalm 34 uh, became even brighter to her. Uh, she It almost jumps off the page when you read, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. When you can't taste physically, but still can taste that the Lord is good. How important is it for us to look around and taste that God is good and not be searching for all the other things that we think are going to taste and see. Remember, we looked all the way back at the garden and how Eve, the serpent's lie, was that this fruit will taste good and it will look good and it looks good and it actually brings death. And so what a great reminder. Just again, rest in the Lord, rest in his goodness. And today we start um, our last song on the tape. The tape has went all the way through and it's flipped over and we've gone through it and we're on our last um, psalm on our mixtape this summer, Psalm 136. And instead of me reading Psalm 136 to you, um, many of you in our church family uh, would like to read it to you. And not just you uh, read 136, but also share what God's been doing um, in our own life. So I want to share that video with you now. Uh, hopefully you'll be as encouraged as I am by this. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, his love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens. His love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters. <laughs> his love endures forever. Who made the great light. His love endures forever. The sun to govern the day. His love endures forever. The moon and the stars to govern the night. His love endures forever. With a mighty hand and outstretched arm, his love, his love endures, endures forever. forever. To him, to him who divides. His love endures forever. But swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. And his love endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness, his love endures forever. 
To him who struck down great kings. His love endures forever. An inheritance to his servant Israel. His love endures forever. Freed us from our enemies. His love endures forever. He gives food to every creature. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. forever. Gives the gift of waste. His love endures forever. God can rejoice. His love endures forever. He gives us sunshine. His love endures forever. To him who provides healing and recovery from sickness. His, His love endures forever. To him who saved the three of us from a potentially fatal car accident. His love endures forever. I am grateful that this dog brought an extra shot of love into our house. And His love endures forever. He has His blessed us with, with good food. His, His love endures forever. forever. <laughs> God made his family. And his, his love, love endures, endures forever. He sees to our needs. His love endures forever. To him who gave us the great outdoors, his love endures forever. I'm thankful for the roof that he has placed over our heads and the home that he has been so generous as to give my family and I. His love truly does endure forever. To him who gave us an extra year with family and friends back in Minnesota, his love endures forever. God gave us a baby chuckling. His love endures forever. He gave us bodies to jump. His love endures forever. Is that not the best? I love it. Oh, I don't know what a baby chuckling is. I assume it's just a child. Um, and oh, and did you see the dog coming? No one sees the dog. The dog reading a song coming. I love it. Well done. Thank you to everyone who um, took time to create one of those and send it in. And, and what a blessing it is. We're going to find a way to post that uh, this week so you can see it again and, um, and share it. Um, what a blessing, though, to be able to to do that together. And to just even hear a few of the things God's doing um, and how good to be reminded over and over of that same phrase. Um, and so I just want to take a little time to look at this psalm. This psalm has been a blessing to me. Um, and so uh, let's just take a minute to look at this, a few minutes to look at this and be encouraged before we take some communion together and pray together um, yeah, at the end. Um, this uh, this Psalm 136 um, is an interesting Psalm. It, it, they believe it was written, it was sung at the end of the journey. So as people ascended up to Jerusalem and they're about to get there in order to celebrate Passover or one of the festivals and all those festivals are there to come and remember what God has done and worship him uh, and sacrifice to him and, and, and those things. They believe this is one that would have been kind of the end, the big finale. This psalm would have been sung um, over and over 
which makes a lot of sense because this psalm is, uh, and they would have believed someone would have probably called out these these phrases, and then the whole crowd would have have answered with, "His love endures forever." Even if you saw in the video, there was um, that wasn't necessarily planned. That I said, "Oh, hey, someone say something," and then the whole family responded. Just is written that way. It's a chorus that everyone wants to say over and over that His love endures uh, forever, and. So if you can imagine a group, a crowd of people, they can see Jerusalem, they're entering into the city, the, the and there's people there excited to celebrate from all over the place to celebrate God, and that someone's yelling out, give thanks to the Lord, he's good, and everyone yells. His love endures forever. You have to imagine maybe even people who aren't part of that group, maybe people aren't in your family, you don't even know them, but they hear you yell out, give thanks to the God of gods and they just yell because they just know that's that's why we're here. His love endures forever. And so that's I'm excited as, as we end our study of Psalms to look at this psalm. Uh, it's such a great reminder. It's such a good model for us. And I think it'll be an encouragement um, to us today. So this starts out with this phrase, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. This phrase is all over the Psalms and in scripture. This idea of we should give thanks to God because he's good. His love endures forever. In fact, we looked and focused on that just a few weeks ago um, in the Psalms. You can go back and, and, and check that out. This phrase, though, his love endures forever, I think is really interesting. Um, it's, it, it is really interesting because actually that phrase doesn't, we don't really have a, a phrase like it. So this phrase, his love endures forever, could be a lot uh, smaller, smaller. Um, could be a lot less powerful and rich if we don't stop and, and understand what it's saying here. This phrase is saying his love endures forever. And the word love there isn't like God is nice to us and he's cool and I want to keep hanging out with him, right? It's a rich love. And in fact, the word there that's used is his covenantal love or his uh, faithfulness that doesn't end or his love and faithfulness and commitment that never ends continues to go on. It's this phrase that has this rich, concentrated meaning of God, you're not going anywhere and you've never gone anywhere. And so when we read this psalm and we hear phrases over and over of what God has done, everyone's crying out, his love endures forever. And what we're saying is, God, you have always been and will always be faithful, committed, not leaving, loving us. This covenantal love, which is not a phrase we use very often. In fact, uh, just recently, about I think a year, two years ago, um, I had this conversation with uh, my youngest kid. She asked me, Dad, what is covenantal love? Of course, this happens where everybody has this conversation in a lake uh, while swimming. Well, in our family, it did. We were swimming at a lake um, and having a lot of fun, and my ring came off in the water. And we, uh, I said, oh, no, stop, 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 stop. My ring fell off. Right? You've heard, I've heard this story many times. People lose a ring in the water. Stop, stop, stop. So we all start looking. We dive in. We all jump to action. We're feeling on the bottom. Uh, we're diving down with, with goggles on. We can't find my ring, right? Uh, because we probably made it worse by moving around and doing it. And this ring just, I'm sure, sunk in. Years from now, someone will find that sweet ring in the Lake. We never found it. And my uh, youngest was very concerned. 
she was almost teary. We're in, in the water and she said, Dad, we have, to, we have to find your ring. Otherwise you and mom won't be married. She was panicked that like our family is about to fall apart because this piece of metal that's on your finger is going to fall into the water. And I said, oh, oh no, 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 no. That's, that's not what it is. This ring, um, the ring, you know, is just a symbol. It reminds me that mom loves me and has committed to me. You know, like it just reminds me of our covenant, our covenantal love. <laughs> of course, she's like, that doesn't comfort me because you just used a word that no one uses. I said, you know, a covenantal love as if like a six, seven year old. Oh, of course. Sorry. That was a vocabulary word in first grade covenantal love. So, so I, well, it just means mom's not going anywhere. This reminds me that when I look at it, that point I had no ring on, right? Because my ring just reminds me of this great love, faithfulness, commitment that mom and I have, that we're connected and we have committed to each other. No matter what, we're together in this and that she's going to keep pursuing me and loving me even when I Maybe I'm not pursuing or loving her in that moment. Or if I'm unkind to her, she still loves me. And then if we're having a hard time, we're going to work things out. We're going to pursue each other and love each other and serve each other. And so I was trying to explain that. And she said, oh, like, it just means like a forever love, like our family has, like, like we have, like the forever love we talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, I mean, that's what parents have. That's what families have, covenant to love. And She's like, oh, and like our we have with some of our friends, like we know no matter what, we're friends, we're in it together. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we had this discussion about coming to love that took that long, exactly one minute. And then, of course, we're in lakes, like let's go swim again and a fish swam by or something. But in that moment, we had this uh, sweet uh, illustration. And, and since then, I was able to buy this time a $10 ring on Amazon. So if I lose it again, it's not a big deal because... The ring doesn't matter even, it's, the ring doesn't matter, uh, it, it doesn't actually hold our covenant together, it's just a symbol that points us to this great covenant that we have and reminds not only of what Kelly and I have, but really identifies myself too. It, it says, Drew, you're loved and you're cared for and someone wants to uh, spend their life um, serving with you and serving you, it's an incredible thing, right? But it's just a piece of metal that's a circle um, that's this one's worth $10 on Amazon. Um, and that same relationship I have, right, with my kids and with family and with friends, this amazing covenant to love. And that's that's what this word is saying in Psalm 136. It's saying, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His covenantal commitment, faithfulness is forever. Because we're remembering like God has always been and always will be. And he's the one thing that doesn't change. And so I want to read uh, Psalm 136 is written uh, in kind of three sections, uh, highlighting generally three things that we know are true about God. And they actually are highlighting them in a way that also highlights the Trinity in God, the Father and Creator, in Jesus, our Redeemer, our Rescuer, and in the Holy Spirit, who is our Protector, Comforter, who's with us. And so uh, I'm going to read just the bold parts because uh, uh, you'll keep hearing you. But if you want at home, feel free to. Read his love endures forever. I love it. Um, maybe I'll hear you at my house. Um, this first section, uh, God is highlighted as the creator. 
having this power and this might to actually create things in the world we're in. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, to him who alone does great wonders. By his understanding made the heavens. He spread out the earth upon the waters, who made the great lights, the sun to govern the day, and the moon and stars to govern the night. His love endures forever. His faithfulness is forever. His commitment to us has been forever. This is highlighting God as a creator, as one who makes all things and makes them good and has uh, originally made the garden with his people. And people have broken that by becoming disobedient, looking to other things as creators and finding out they're not. This is where we're reminded that often we worship creation and not the creator, but we're here highlighting and remembering a God who's good and a creator. And then we move on to this next section of the psalm. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt and brought Israel out from among them with a mighty hand and outstretched arm. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder and brought Israel through the midst of it, but swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. To him who led his people through the wilderness, his love endures forever. We go from creation, he is the creator, the one True, it says in the, in the beginning, in the first part of 136, alone he created things. And now we go to God as a redeemer, a rescuer. They tell the story of stories for God's people. At this point, this is their identity is based out of the fact that God rescued them, that there was an exodus, which means deliver. He delivered them, right? That he struck down. Remember the story of the Passover? They might be walking to Jerusalem right now to celebrate the Passover. And they're saying, Remember who struck down the firstborn of Egypt? Remember when we put blood on the door so God would pass over us and death would pass over us? Now we're remembering God, our great rescuer, our great redeemer, who brought Israel out, Israel out, that divided the Red Sea. And not only divided the Red Sea and rescued us, but he also swept Pharaoh and his army into the sea. He destroyed the enemy. To him who led his people through the wilderness, he then also provided for us as we we're in the wilderness. He's the one who pulled us out, rescued us, cut off the enemy from us. This is an opportunity for us to remember that story, but ultimately, as you flash forward from Psalm 136, an even greater story of Exodus. As Jesus comes at Passover, he marched up the hill to Jerusalem singing these songs with with the people, he would have heard people singing, his love endures forever, as he walked into a city about to rescue God's people, about to take them through the Red Sea, and about to uh, take care of the enemy and cut the enemy off from God's people, leading us through a wilderness time where one day he will again create a city this time, that we will all be in together, that all things will be right again. We get to remember the greater Exodus story. For us, what an amazing moment. Right, to read that story and remember Christ has come to do this once and for all. And we so we get to remember God as creator, his goodness in that, his his role as rescuer and the greater rescue, even in the Exodus story in, in Jesus. And we get to remember uh, acted out in the spirit, the Holy Spirit, the last part of this, his great power, which is which is amazing here in Psalm 136 in verse 17, to him who struck down great 
King Zon. This is about to say all of the, the great enemies around them that they felt pressure from, that they were worried about, that their fears were going to come and take them over. They're saying God is more powerful. He's a protector. To him who struck down great kings and killed mighty kings, Shion king of the Amorites and Og king of, of Bashan, and gave their land as an inheritance, an inheritance to his servant Israel. He remembered us in our low estate, and he freed us from our enemies. He gives us food to every creature. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. Can you hear people saying those, those words? He gives food to every creature. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, the God of heaven. His love endures forever. This is reminding God's great power and his protection of his people. And not just his protection of his people, but his provision for his people. That he's freed them from the enemy and from all the enemies. That there's no more fear in that. And that we know that even the greater freedom and the greater uh, rescue and the greater protection that God has given us from Satan and sin and freed us in the death and resurrection of Jesus. And now he gives us all that we need. And the only way to end that that line of phrasing as that builds is to say, give thanks to the God of heaven for not just being our creator and our rescuer, but also our protector and our provider. And today we have a Holy Spirit who's with us, who cares for us, protects us, comforts us, provides us. We hear in Romans 8, he's the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. That power of that spirit is in us and with us and gives us the opportunity to use that power to even bring more of God's kingdom to his people. This psalm, I just can imagine the chorus of people singing this as we just heard in our video, our our church family singing this. I, I It's so important that we stop and say who God is. And one of the reasons is because we often, I think, can just think about other people or things around us and how great they are and forget the bigger, greater God who's over all of it. But also what's really important today, I want us to, to see what we know is true about God as creator and rescuer, as provider, as someone who loves us enough to come to us to rescue us. When we know those things are true, it also speaks to who you are. Jackie Hill Perry says this really well. Um, I've been really encouraged by her. Um, She says it in this way. If you ever get a chance before, just Google search her, YouTube, follow her on Instagram. She has this beautiful family. Um, If you just want to see super cute kids and cool stuff, their family's doing. But just listen to one of her spoken word performances or one of her uh, like sermons she's sharing somewhere. It's going to, one of her spoken words gives you weeks of things to think about. And I mean, it's, she's been a great encouragement for a long time, but she says this, is the identity that we ascribe to God out of doubt or faith in his scriptures that will determine the identity we'll give ourselves and ultimately the life that we inevitably live. She's saying what we, what we think is true about God that we learn through scripture, what we know is true about God isn't just true about God, but it also gives us our identities and ultimately gives us the way we're going to live our lives.
And then she explains it. If he's the creator, then we were created. If he's master, then we are servants. If he is loved, if he is love, then we are loved. If he is omnipotent, then we're not as powerful as we think. If he's omniscient, then there's nowhere to hide omniscient. He can see everything, you know. If if he cannot lie, then his promises are all true. His faith in the truths of God's character that has the power to completely revolutionize how our lives are lived out. She's saying, knowing who God is, starting there, changes who we, how we see ourselves and the truth we see about who we actually are, which then changes how we live out our lives. It's very powerful. And that's why Psalm 136 isn't just about proclaiming God is good, but saying these are true about God. And in saying that, we're actually saying something about ourselves. That this is this for me is, is a really helpful way to see it. Let's you see this red dot. This red dot is you. You're a red dot. Um, and in that dot has your identity in it, right? Who who you would think or feel or say you are in your identity. And here's what Jackie is encouraging us to see, not uh, that in that dot, um, outside of that dot, right, first is is God. So we have God, we have you, realizing hopefully at least we're at this point where we don't think these are the same thing. Maybe we do, even if we're not willing to say it, right? There's some moments you think you are God or a God. Um, so we know God's outside of us. And we're trying to figure out our own ideas of who we are because when we know who we are, that's that's what gives us our behavior, our action. We live out of what we say our identity is. And so so what we know then is we've been, we've been using this phrase that the word of God and the spirit of God and the people of God are what kind of inform us of what God is, especially the word of God. That's what Jackie is encouraging us here. When we look in scripture, if we believe scripture is true, even if we just Psalm 126, we learn about God's creator and rescuer and redeemer alone, and he protects us and provides for us. And so here's, here's what can happen, right? Here's what will happen. We can say, okay, I can say, this is what I think is true. I'm going to start with just me. I'm going to say, Drew, I feel this. I see this around me. I've been told this by some other people. And so I think from what I see around me, I am pretty unlovable. I like this might be kind of extreme. I don't know though. How, how often do you feel? I feel unlovable because of the way people have treated me or just how I'm feeling, how my mind and my heart is working today in my brokenness. And so then I direct that. See this little arrow here? Oh, can I get my finger there? Whoop. I then direct it. I say, this is who I am. And then I look to God, and then now I say, when I read scripture, when I'm praying to the Spirit of God, when I'm with people, everything now has to fit in that. I have to be unlovable. So when I read scripture, I go, gosh, God seems really angry. And I, it seemed to only, the verses only pop out that tell me I'm a sinner and tell me that God doesn't like sin. And so it just affirms in me, you're unlovable. I'm not lovable. And then my actions come out of that. My, my actions flow as a person who believes they're unlovable. 
which changes how I interact with people. It changes what I use to cope with things. Here's, here's what is, I, I don't think that's true. So what's the other way? We just flip the arrow. What if we went first to scripture and heard that God created us and could have left us? He could have said, I have a covenant relationship with you. You're a terrible spouse. You're a terrible friend. You run from me. You, you worship other gods. Have fun. Destroy yourselves. But instead we hear of a God who loves us and pursues us and in fact pursues his people for generation after generation after generation to the point where he says, you can't save yourself. I'm going to come and die. I'm going to give the life of my son, Jesus. That's how much I love you so that you can be in relationship with me. So what if, what if I read that? The spirit of God puts that on me as I'm praying and seeking him. And what if the people of God around me keep saying, do you understand how much God loves you? Look, look in scripture, how much he cares for you. Then all of a sudden my identity isn't unlovable. It actually cannot be unlovable. It's impossible. God, I, don't, I don't get to determine that because I know no matter who I meet, no matter what happens to me, no matter what kind of situations I'm in, no matter how unlovable I might feel, it's not true. There's a God, the creator of the universe, who loves me. I am lovable. And that, that changes things. I'm not looking for love, you know, in all the wrong places. <laughs> I'm, I'm loved, and now that has been satisfied in me. And I see myself differently. I have a different confidence, and I'm encouraged differently. And I wake up thinking, I'm loved. Just that, just that one. If you just picked one, that God is love, and so I'm lovable, how would that change your day? But we, we have to keep this arrow in the right direction because we can start thinking, oh, I'm lovable. I'm kind of awesome. And I go, okay, God, I got that. Thanks. And then we start really believing, right? And we just go like, if I just have self-love, if I just love myself enough, all things will, will work out. And then we forget God. And then all of a sudden the arrow gets switched again. And I say, I'm so awesome. I'm so loved. I can, should be able to do whatever I want to do. I should be able to feel any feeling, any desire I have, I should be able to pursue because I'm so good. And then it switches, right? All of a sudden we put that on God and we say, right, God? And then we can read scripture and say, okay, yeah, it looks like God says I should be able to do whatever I want and do whatever I feel. Right? We have this amazing opportunity here to hear who we really are, that we're created and that we're redeemed that we're protected and we're loved by our God. So as we learn about who God is in scripture, it's not just, that's cool, God is that. And then I go on, it's actually identifying who we are as well, which is so, so important. And what that does is, as we read the word of God and the spirit of God moves in us and the people of God encourage one another in this, and it forms us of who we are. And we begin to find joy and peace and a purpose of who we were created to be. And that changes everything. That's when you hear stories, right? Of Zacchaeus in a moment. He switches from, this is who I am and I need money and I deserve money and the purpose is to get money. He switches to, what does Jesus think about me? He wants to come in my home. He loves me. It switches and all of a sudden, his identity is different. 
money no longer needs to define me or even be my pursuit. And now he is willing to give. He's willing to pursue other people. In a moment, that identity can change and change what we actually do. So I want to encourage us as we read Psalms like Psalm 136, we're not just saying, gosh, God is good. His love endures forever. We're remembering that when we see God and we see the things he does around us, his creation, his redemption, as we walk through our day, and reminded us, we should say to ourselves, his love does endure forever. His covenantal love endures forever. And what does that mean also about me and how God wants to use me to help others? Know that, right? Just like my ring on my finger holds no real power except that it reminds me of the love that my wife has for me, which gives me an identity. I'm a husband and I'm loved. And I have someone who's a teammate with me and a friend and cares about me. It, it gives me an identity in even a great, a far greater way. We read scripture and God tells us again who we are too as we learn who he is. I pray that would encourage us to be people who are changing the world because we no longer seek things for our identity. We've been given an identity and we get to go and care well for people. A couple of things I just want us to consider. We're going to take a moment here in just a moment um, after I uh, walk us through some more things to think about to pray. So I want to encourage you to think about are there ways we can pray? Start posting those in the comments now. We want to be able to pray for one another and also gather your bread and your juice wine. We're going to take communion. Just remember how good God is, which also reminds us who we are. But a couple of things just consider this week. Do you know that God is good and that his love does endure forever? Let's not skip that. Do you know that Christ came to die so that this covenant, this love that God has for us would continue? He, he's not, not going to stop pursuing us. Do you know that? Are, are you willing to turn to him and love him? And where has God created, redeemed, protected? Where has he loved you? Let's not be people who stop. I, that's one of my most encouraging things about this video we made was hearing all the ways God has been with us. And uh, I encourage you each day to remember that, that how good God has been and to remember that his love does endure forever. And, and I want to encourage you to consider maybe assess yourself this week. Where are you trying to endure forever? Where are you trying to be the things that God is really needs to be. Um, and so let's consider those things that you say, well, I, I don't need God to create things. I don't need God to rescue. I don't need God to protect. I don't need God to love me. I can do that myself. Where are you the one trying to love, you know, enduringly? I, I, uh, I think that's so important. That's where we find sin and that's where we find um, things that just are unsettling and really unsatisfying. And so, and lastly, what, what will you do this week when you meet someone who needs to hear of God's enduring love? This week you're going to meet, I'm praying, I know you might not be cool with this, but I've been praying that all of us each week are going to bump into people or family, old friend, or literally maybe a stranger, um, maybe not bump into, but from six feet away encounter. And, and, they're, and you're going to go, they need to know that they're loved, that God created them, that God has a purpose for them. You can hear it in the way they're talking about their life. How, how, what are you going to do? What are you, how are you going to respond? You have this amazing news for people. How will we respond with that this week?